Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Carr. Now, this has been a bit of a bad week for the uh, the finance minister here in Canada, it seems. Uh, well, actually, probably a little bit more than a week now. So, for those of you not keeping score, uh, in the last couple of uh, days here, we've had uh, the issue with Bill Morneau, our finance minister here in Canada, getting caught with his hands in the proverbial cookie jar, as it were. Uh, so, earlier uh, last week, we kind of found out that there was a little bit of a potential for a conflict of interest here between the Minister of Finance and some of his private holdings. So uh, Bill Monroe is a guy who came from a fairly successful business background. To be honest, that's kind of the guy you want running your finance department. I'm entirely okay with this too. Um, but it turns out that he had a few more stakes of interest apparently in uh, with his family business relating to a piece of legislation that came out as a part of uh, the budget last year. Uh, and the biggest one that it was is that uh, basically with a lot of the changes they made to the retirement plans and the, the CCP and everything, the big agreement they managed to reach uh, early in the year is it turns out that uh, the company, uh, Morneau's family company would be able to actually benefit by selling products that would directly relate to the changes that have occurred in the bill. And so now of course, the other parties in uh, in Parliament are decrying that there is a massive financial conflict of interest there, which there is, of course. Uh, no, of course, the issue being that by knowing that that would be able to occur and the stock price of Morneau's company actually did, in fact, uh, rise shortly after that bill was, was introduced earlier this year. Uh, it was the Bill C-27, uh, in case anyone is curious there. Um, and that has continued to kind of escalate. So since he initially sort of, you know, got caught, as it were, uh, basically, uh, Morneau, to sort of show his goodwill, went and sold off all of his shares, all of his family's shares uh, in the in the company there, uh, went and, uh, where was it? So he went and... Uh, also do said he was going to donate to, do to donate to charity all of the profits that he has made because of increases in stock price or the value of any other assets uh, since he originally became finance minister back in 2015 to basically show like, you know, hey, you know, just in case anyone wasn't wasn't sure this this money, I'm not I'm not going to keep that has occurred as a result of, uh, you know, my government's uh, changes now. Of course, the big criticism of that is, and I, I agree, is that, well, yeah, you're only doing that because you got caught. Um, you know, if someone hadn't noticed this, is that really something that, that would have actually occurred? Uh, and we actually kind of, uh, I actually touched on this uh, last year, back when Trump was still uh, running for president, and how there was that discussion about, you know, a blind trust and everything like that, to which, you know, Trump was far from giving a straight answer. And to be honest, I haven't looked in to see if that has still occurred, if he there actually is a blind trust or if he did the whole like, oh, I'm just going to let my kids run the company. But, you know, his kids are now members of the White House staff. So again, that whole separation thing there is a little bit rough. Um, and now the ethics commissioner in government has also said that um, there is enough concerns. And while there wasn't a um, with the, the original letter that was actually sent to the ethics commissioner, um, Mary Dawson, 
she has said that there's definitely enough concerning behavior to warrant a, uh, I believe the exact phrasing was, uh, more in-depth questioning uh, of Mr. Morneau, uh, Morneau which uh, after the, the meeting there, there was additional suggestions apparently made about maybe let's not have this happen in the future. And then that was uh, when the finance minister responded by just basically selling all of his shit uh, and then placing whatever the profits were of that into a blind trust and it's being shielded behind this side of the other thing. Uh, but again, the conservatives and the NDP are slamming back saying that, no, you've just gone and swept it under the rug. Uh, and, you know, again, maybe how cutting a check is how you make these kind of things go away on Bay Street, uh, which is basically our Wall Street for you Americans. Uh, but that's not how things work in Ottawa. I mean, again, part of it's going to come out of what actually comes out of this this ethics commission. Uh, I mean, part of it is, is that so far, a lot of people are agreeing that Morneau has been a fairly effective finance minister. I mean, again, there's also a debate to see about exactly how effective it is deliberately running deficits. And I guess we're going to find out exactly how bad they are when the next budget and the next budget and the next budget rolls on up until the, the liberals are up for re-election. Uh, but whether or not this is, you know, actually a sound strategy or not. Uh, and I mean, again, I personally, I do subscribe to Keynesian economics, which is the whole, you know, you, the government spends money and deliberately goes into potentially a shortfall during periods of uh, recession or of slow growth, like what we're still kind of in the tail end of in right now. Uh, and then of course you hoard and you save back when, when things are good, which the previous government did not do at all. So yeah. And again, there's the debate that that's kind of why we're in the situation we're in right now. Now, of course, things got worse for the uh, for the poor government here because there was also another story that broke this week about how the liberal government, for all of the fun, nice, and shiny things for their budget 2017, spent more than $200,000 on the cover. And other related advertising, but mostly, you know, saying that it's on the cover uh, makes for such such a nice story. Um, and, you know, kind of have to agree. But yeah, basically, uh, for the the budget, the actual physical document that was, you know, printed off and, and actually distributed to all the members of parliament for them to review and look through it and decide whether or not they actually liked it, uh, cost the government $212,000 for the hiring and the contracting of the ad agency that designed it and photographed it and everything like that. Uh, and there's this very interesting article, say that I, I got to read in the, in the national post by Andrew Coyne, who was talking about how, you know, it really does. We deserve it, honestly, because if you take a look at, uh, basically starting kind of in the, the early and mid nineties, uh, back when, uh, we really started sort of going into the, the transition of sort of the, the making sure that things were all austere and we were getting back into good balanced budgets and, and everything. And this was uh, when Chrétien was, was prime minister. Uh, and basically the budget started going from in about, it was in 1995, the budget went ballooned up to 300 pages long, which damn, uh, that was twice as long as the budget from the previous year. And then from there, things just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And that's when budgets started getting a little flashier. 
um, that's when you started getting a little more song and dance in them. Before then, when the budget came out, it was, here's the pages of the budget, and here's what we're going to do, and the cover is plain white stock with budget and the year and date printed on it, uh, and there you go, there's your budget. Nowadays, you get this nice, shiny, glossy thing showing all these various multicultural Canadians um, and alongside with the actual price tag of this this cover, the whole story was basically going into in the this whole chain of emails, thanks to the Access to Information Acts, basically showed that there was all this debate back and forth between the uh, the guys that were planning this and then the ad agency that had been contracted out to do it, discussing things down to whether or not the kid holding the little drawing of a bridge should have glasses or not, or you know how many and how which ethnicities are the best ones to be able to show on our covers, right? Do we go with um, a couple of native kids? Do we go with maybe an Indian couple or two? Uh, you know, and, and all this to you know, portray the, the middle-class Canadian. And again, when you think about the billions and billions of dollars that the government spends every year, in fact, hundreds of billions, if you add it all up, uh, you know, $200,000 doesn't seem like much, but it's the ridiculousness of what it's been spent on. Because, I mean, I guarantee you, that almost nobody outside of uh, Parliament or, you know, political correspondence for news agencies read the budget. And even then, I doubt most of them did because the damn thing was more than 500 pages long. Uh, and it's just, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's only so much nuance that normally goes into, you know, a budget. After that, now you're starting to get into all the fluff, all this purple prose and all this advertising and everything just to sell the damn thing. But again... Who are you selling it to? It's not like the average Canadian is going to go, you know, I feel like a little bit of light reading today. I think I'm going to grab the budget and read it on the train to work. No. No, you're not. No one is reading that damn thing. I barely bet the finance minister even was able to get through the whole thing or could tell you what was in most of it uh, other than the actual raw numbers, you know, the part that actually matters. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a, like I say, a bit of a bad week for the, uh, for the liberals. Um, I'm actually going to kind of keep an eye on this and see if this ethics commission thing goes anywhere. Um, because again, to be honest, losing a finance minister in a country is kind of a big deal. And especially when, uh, you know, the liberals banked so heavily on his credentials and everything when he first became finance minister, I really have no idea who's on their shortlist to potentially replace him if he does have to step down his position. So this should be fun. But of course, other than that, that's all for me for today. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, us at unfurled.net, or of course you can drop into the uh, Telegram channel. My name is Carr. Enjoy the rest of Unfurled. <laughs>